0: Faith is more than a creed. Faith is not a set of beliefs that we hold on to and cling to no matter what evidence or reality throws our way. That's not what faith is. Faith, interpreted that way, is the path to idolatry. And honestly... Do we really want to be building golden calves anymore? I know I don't. So let's talk about faith on this episode of Wisdom's Cry. He is the creator and sustainer of all the worlds, whether those worlds are known or unknown to mankind. Unclouded by hate. Does not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice? Hello, everyone. My name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and today we're going to be talking about what I call faith bundling and how it leads to idolatry on today's show. Yeah. So what is faith bundling? Faith bundling is a complete misunderstanding of what faith is that's generally done so variant church leaders or cult leaders can maintain control over their followers. It's often done to make money or to gain political power in some way, shape, or form. And it is idolatry. So what is faith bundling? What am I talking about? Faith bundling is what happens when we wrap a bunch of things together and say, that is the faith. It is only when you believe these certain things in this particular way that you actually have faith. And we start making those litmus tests. Now, I know what you're saying, but Charlie, aren't you a Christian? And so that would necessitate you having belief in Jesus, right? Yes. But let's think about all of the things that in modern American religion gets lumped together falsely to make what some people believe is Christianity, the belief that you have to be pro-life. Well, that's not necessarily a biblical position. God actually gives a recipe for an abortion drug in the Torah. So, you know, in the first five books of Moses, it's in Leviticus and again, in Deuteronomy, because you should give your wife sour water if you believe she's cheated on you. And if she has, she will lose, it will cause her to lose the child. That's not exactly pro-life. Not to mention God telling... Well, his believed God telling Joshua to kill every man, woman, and child in numerous villages. Because the book of Joshua is problematic. So, one can make an argument that we should you know have a special place for life in our myths, but the idea that one has to hold a particular political belief that's not supported strictly speaking by scripture. Now, it may be from your tradition, but most of the people who are claiming that are not claiming that it comes from their tradition, but from their scriptures. The Catholic Church is at least consistent about this and that their belief in being pro-life comes from pro-evangelium vitae and the gospel of life. And they believe that you cannot be pro-life and support the death penalty, for example. They, they lump it all together. Human life is either sacred or it's not. But I don't want to get sidetracked into that issue. Because some people believe being pro-capital punishment makes you a Christian, Despising people of particular ethnic groups or sexual minorities. These are things that all get lumped together under the banner of being Christian when they're not. To be quite honest, the only thing that Christ asked for us is that we believe in the gospel of the kingdom, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, over time, Paul added to that that we also believe in Jesus. And I generally support that, but it's not all of these other things. How many sacraments are there? Well, we can argue all day, and depending on the tradition that you come from, you will argue anywhere from zero to seven, maybe even more in some instances of Christianity. None of that matters. Those are things that the power structures have put into place to keep people in line. Because if you're not keeping up with all of the idiosyncrasies, if you're not keeping up with all of the little details, then really, I mean, do you really believe? This is why so many of the prosperity gospel preachers are big on prophecy. Because it gives an additional layer of very arcane and dense concepts that one has to 100% ascribe to and believe, such as all of the hoopla around the rapture and all of the other elements that they have added to their eschatology. It's tricky, it's difficult, and thus you rely on them to interpret not only the scriptures, but the variant signs that are in the world. Even though we are forbidden completely from reading omens, that's not what we're supposed to be doing at all. Like That's one of the clearest commandments where we are not to be reading omens. But they do and they ignore the scriptures that say that we are not to be reading omens or they find some way to justify that it's not reading omens because they're just interpreting prophecy and thus it's secretly okay. Because even though Jesus was very clear that no one knows the date and time of his return, not even the angels in heaven or the son of man himself, you know we can intuit it because, I don't know, we're smarter than God and the angels? See, all of this gets added to faith so that other people can have control over us. All of this gets added to faith to build an idol that must be worshipped in complete and utter faith. It must be worshiped and followed and everything that we do must adhere to all of these things that get added. If we don't, then we're not practicing the faith properly. Faith is simple. The writer of the book of Hebrews made it quite clear. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the essence of things unseen. Faith without works Says James, the brother of our Lord, is dead. So, in a lot of ways, it doesn't matter what we believe, it matters what we do and how we actually exhibit our faith. You see, Jesus said when he comes back, he's going to judge the world based on how they treated the sick and the poor and the imprisoned, not on whether they can answer the questions on a multiple choice quiz, not whether or not they hated the right people. No, we're actually asked to be good to one another. Faith, faith without works is dead. Faith is something that we have to practice and put into effect. And if we don't, then there's really no point in us having it. But see, there's no profit in that. And so, The preachers of death who fill the airwaves with their lies and propaganda sell us these ideas of, well, you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to believe this and you have to understand the book of Daniel. Because if you don't, you're not a real Christian. Real Christians don't believe in science. Real Christians don't believe in evolution. Well, why not? There's nothing about faith that precludes any of those things. You see, if you believe science, then you might realize that some of what they're selling you is woo, that it doesn't make sense, and their profits will go down, they will make less money, and oh, how will they live with other gold-plated toilets and gems and expensive watches and private jets? You see, this is the problem with faith in our world today. It has been corrupted by the very capitalism it should stand opposed to. You see, faith is about helping the less fortunate, faith is about helping people. I mean, Jesus could not be clearer. Whatever you do to the least, to those in prison, to those sick, to those who are hungry, to those who are thirsty. You've done that to Jesus. If by your policies or your vote, you are not supporting people that are going to take care of the sick and the hungry and the thirsty and those in prison, if you believe that they should be punished harsher and meaner and crueler, Jesus has words for you. And they're not my words. They're not my politics. They're what Jesus said. So if you claim to be an actual follower of Christ, shouldn't you be following Christ and not the people that are misinterpreting him for their own profit? There are so many idols today. There are so many idols today. And they were erected for one simple reason. People realized that they could ensure the success of the policies that make them rich and powerful, if they convince others that they're biblical. If you can cover your banality with religious fervor, then people won't look into what you're actually doing. And so they have constructed and crafted these false gods and added so many things that are not in the scripture to them. That it's hard nowadays to figure out what is and is not Christianity. What is and is not faith. And I'm going hard at Christianity because, you know, that is my religion. But you can see it everywhere. You can see it in Islam. You can see it in Buddhism. You can see it in Hinduism. If there's an ism, you can see it. Because there will always be. Be those who want to abuse whatever systems that they can find for their own power, wealth, and privilege. And that's the brilliance of the faith that Christ gave to us. Yeah, I can talk to you about the five powers or about this practice or that practice, but none of them are mandatory. They're just helpful, they're the ways that we can get through life better. The faith that Jesus taught us was very simple. We should do to others as we would have them do to us, and not do to others what we would not have them do to us, that we should love our neighbor as ourselves, and that we shouldn't commit the sin of Cain by saying, am I my brother's keeper? Yes, we are here so that everyone can be better off. That's the world that Jesus wanted. And if we're going to claim to be followers of Christ, we need to listen to his words, not my words, not the words of your preachers or priests or saints. We need to go back to the source. What did Jesus say? If he taught us to be kind, to be loving, then we should be kind and be loving. But we shouldn't be dogmatic about any of it. Remember, Jesus said that he was sending us the Holy Spirit because there were many things that we needed to know that we were not ready to hear, and that the Holy Spirit would guide us to all truth, which means that there are things that were once held true by the faith that were wrong, but society could not bear to hear it. Paul did not speak out against slavery. He just told slave owners to treat their slaves well. Paul was wrong. Slavery is a foul institution that needs to be eradicated from the face of the earth. We have learned that. It is a violation of the golden rule and of the commandments that Christ gave us. None of us would want to be a slave. And we can see this littered throughout the scriptures, where people were not ready to hear the truth. And so by making idols out of these words by bundling those preconceived notions together in a way that institutionalizes power and privilege for a few. We are denying the very gospel of Christ, which was about making things better for the many, about doing whatever we can for the most people. The gospel is simple and it is profound. It is about helping other people and god is not a respecter of persons he wants everyone to be better and that is what we have to learn that's the lesson we are all here striving to learn all of the rules that we find are mere commentary on that golden rule to do unto others as you would have them do unto you Don't steal because you would not want to be stolen from. Don't murder because you would not want to be murdered. Don't covet because you would not want to have your items coveted. All of those rules are just commentary on the one. And so everything else that gets added in is mandatory. That's about power. That's about privilege. That's about blinding people from the work that they're actually supposed to be doing. And look, there's nothing wrong with devotion. I partake in many devotions, but I wouldn't say that they are necessary. Because Christ didn't say that they were necessary. You see, what we are called to do in this world is make it better We're to take the warning that Christ gave us in the Sermon on the Mount quite clearly. That we should build our foundation on the rock. That we should be merciful. That we should be kind. That we should be meek. That we should be poor in spirit. That we shouldn't hold grudges. That we shouldn't hate and say bad things about each other. See, that's the message. And it's a simple message, but it's one that you can't easily get rich off of. You see, if I wanted to be rich, I would say, look at the state of the world. Everything's ending. Isn't it terrible? It's terrible, right? You're scared, right? Oh, you're not? Here, let me give you a bunch of reasons you should be scared. Now you're scared, right? Well, give me money and I will ensure that you will be saved. Yeah. It's a scam, it's marketing, and too many fall for it. Too many have these variant things added to their faith, which should be so simple. And look, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be Catholic, I'm pretty much Catholic, I pray my rosary. I converted to Catholicism a long time ago, and many aspects of the faith I still practice. I'm not saying that liturgy is a problem, that tradition is a problem, but holding on too strongly so that it becomes an idol that keeps you away from doing the work and will of God is. Because the work and will of God isn't mysterious. Does this help people? Does it help the sick get well? If it does, it's the will of God. Does this do terrible things to the imprisoned or to the hungry? then we shouldn't be doing it. Does it help the hungry find food? The homeless find shelter? The naked find clothing? Ah, then maybe we should be doing that. I, I don't know how much simpler Christ could have made it, but it's, it sounds too easy and too hard all at the same time. And so we concoct these conspiracy theories and these idols around the very simple message of the gospel. So we don't have to do the hard thing of actually care about other human beings, actually care and do something to make everyone's life better, not just our own. But that's what we're called to do. That's what we're here to do. Nothing more, nothing less it's really that simple. Everything else is commentary and suggestions on ways to help you do those other things better. That's it. So, I, I would ask that we all constantly question everything that we believe, everything that we do in the name of our faith, to ensure that we're staying on Track that we're staying focused on what matters about being a blessing in this world, as God said to the prophets, What do I ask of you, O mortal, but that you do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly before your God? That's it, that's it, and as long as we do that, we are doing the will of God. That's it, all of the other rules are commentaries by men and angels to try to make that other bit easier. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you got something out of it. I normally go into all the things where you can find me over at wisdomscry.com and on Twitter and Instagram and all that. But with everything going on, I'm I'm just going to end with a prayer. Oh. <sighs> O Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ and with the intercession of Mary, our Blessed Mother, and Francis, our Seraphic Father, and with all the saints in heaven and on earth, we pray. Bless us and forgive us, Holy Father, for we tend to make idols of words that are worse and more dangerous than any made of stone or clay. Help us to find our way To healing and restoring this world as you have called us to do. Give us strength, Holy Father. Help us through these trying times, through these difficult times. Keep us safe, keep us well. Grant some manner of wisdom to those in leadership positions that they will stop doing the wrong things and actually care about our people and help us in our times of need.